0: you are now tuned in to the Faithful Men podcast. It's our desire to produce godly content that will encourage our listeners to learn, love, and live faithfully. Thank you for joining us. Uh, For for those who I don't know who I haven't met, my name is Michael Byrd, and I have the great privilege to be lead pastor here at Faith Community Bible Church, and I also have the great privilege to serve as director of Faithful Men, right? And I, like y'all, I am stoked about what God wants to do, with this ministry, and I, and I have the privilege to lead it with some of the greatest leaders in this city, and that of Kempton Turner, Carlos Smith. It's, it's all right to celebrate those men of God, yeah. <laughs> Kempton Turner, Carlos Smith, and Mark Goins. Y'all, we, we have been praying, y'all, for years. Y'all, I'm going to tell y'all something. We, we done had, we ain't had no drag out meetings, right, but we don't had some come to Jesus moments, right? But the Lord continues to pour gas on this ministry, right? And as long as the Lord is pouring gas on it, we want to fan the flame, right? So, so y'all, I, so we, we, have, we have a night plan tonight, y'all, where um, we've, in, we've invited some of our friends to come up, and we're going to have a discussion, right? But before, before I do that, y'all, I want to I wanna bring y'all into our minds a little bit as we think about this ministry of faithful men, right? And I, I kind of jotted my thoughts down, Pastor Lloyd, so I wouldn't ramble. Right? So, <laughs> so, so, y'all, I chatted uh, with a friend a few weeks ago, and they shared with me that every so often, things change. Every so often, y'all, big shifts happen in our world, right? Big things happen, shifts happen that really shake up the rhythms of our life. And he shared that w- when this shift happens, y'all, it really seems to highlight all of the things. That really need to change around us and this pandemic y'all has played a major part in that shift none of us right when we gathered here right last year um, right beforehand we knew that something was coming down the pipeline we didn't know what it was next thing you know a couple of days later the world came to a halt like, like none of us, right, we didn't plant churches, pastor churches, get involved in leadership to say, you know what, I want to pastor in a pandemic. I, I, I want to lead in a pandemic. I want to be a deacon in a pandemic. You know what, I want to be a Christian in a pandemic. Like, like none of us said that this pandemic, right, has been a major part of that shift. And it has really put really a magnifying lens on issues really that were already going on. Like, like, like these things that we see happening right now that's jacking up your Twitter feed, right? Cancel culture didn't start because of a pandemic. What it really did is reveal the hearts of the people who own Twitter. Yeah. It reveals the hearts of the people who own Facebook and all that good stuff, right? Let me tell you, all don't be fooled. Media is controlling the narrative, yeah. right? That, that they put in front of us what they want us to see, and, it, and, it, and, it's, allowed, and, and it's causing division among us, yeah. Right? Um, uh, there, there, there's a lot going on and, and this pandemic has just magnified that. But here's the thing, y'all. There's one thing, right? We cannot continue to ignore the shift. We cannot continue to ignore it because I'm going to tell you, we can either address it or it's going to run us over, right? There are so, y'all, there's so much division among us. So much division among people. It's interesting that we read in Ephesians 2 where where Christ tore down this dividing wall between God and man and also man and man, right? But this pandemic has caused us to build those walls back up. Like we we sing, there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Jesus broke chains. This pandemic has happened, and we're building chains all over again, right? There's so much division, racial division generational division, theological division, methodological division. Like, we dividing over strategy. Well, this is how we reach people. Well, this is how we reach people. Like, this pandemic has magnified a culture of people who love theology more than they love Jesus. Like, this, 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 this pandemic has really revealed that we've made it harder for people to be a part of the church than Jesus making for people to get into heaven. It's, it's bad. This shift, y'all, has caused attitudes to flirt, emotions to rise, and relationships to be strained. And as I really, y'all, as I, as I begin to sought the, seek the Lord in my own time, as I sought the Lord, y'all, about this, right, and what our response to it should be, y'all, I was led to Philippians 2. Like, and I'm just like, man, like, like Philippians 2, right, a very familiar passage of Scripture, right, that we've all heard, that we've all listened to. Watch this. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love. United in the spirit, right? Intent on one purpose. Y'all, key are same, right? He, he was killing unity. I mean, killing disunity, killing division the there. He said same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Here it is, verse 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as important, more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as Christ, who existed in the form of God, did not count equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Right. That helps us to see. Right. There's no way that we can be faithful men if we ain't faithful to God. There's, like, like, do you know that even when we are faithless, our God is still faithful? Right. And if we want if we don't want to miss the shift that's happening, like we have to know that as men of God, we have to look for ways that we unify instead of focusing on areas that we don't. Right. by having the same mind, having the same love and focusing on who Jesus is, counting others more significant than ourselves. Like like I can focus in on like, like like there are so many ways that I've been offended in my life. I can either focus on it or get over it, right? But when I want Jesus to be glorified, I just want to get over it, right? Faithful men, y'all, is that. That's what we want to do, right? And as a faithful men ministry, y'all, we desire not only to encourage healthy, gospel-centered, gospel-saturated relationships, but we also, y'all, desire to encourage pastors, current and emerging leaders to learn Love and live faithful, not because we don't want you to disappoint us, but we want you to please God. That, that, that's ultimately what it's about. Like, like, do we desire to see churches planted? Yeah, absolutely. Do we desire to see churches revitalized? Yeah, we do. Right? Do we desire to see leaders developed? Absolutely, y'all, but this happens, y'all. Let me tell you, the only way that we can rally one another to live on mission is when faithful men intentionally develop faithful men. Yeah, bro. Let, let, let me say it again, right? The only way that we can see lostness pushed back in our city is for faithful men to develop faithful men, right? We see it in 2 Timothy two, 2. He said, that which I've told you entrust it to faithful men, who will lead others also, right? I call that the energizer bunny passage, right? Because once we energize the bunny, it keeps going and going and going, right? Like the only way for lostness to be pushed back in our city, the only way for, for, for us to be intentional on mission is for faithful men to develop faithful men. And it's our desire, y'all, through this faithful men ministry to produce content that will encourage you to do just that. Like, we want y'all to know, right, like, as African-American men, you ain't out here by yourself. Like, like, like stop binding to this idea that you the only black dude out here doing it. It's not true, right? Don't allow no church plant network. Don't allow no team to tell you, oh, there's no churches. There's no church happening over there because it's happening. You want to plug into what the Lord is already doing, right? Like, like do we want to see churches planted? Absolutely, but that is not the only way to do ministry. It's not, right? Because I'm going to tell you something. If you plant a church with no deacons, <laughs> it's going to be messed up, right? Like, 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 try, try, like, try planting a church, right, and you, ain't, and you ain't got nobody to help you lead worship. Right? Like, try planting a church. Try revitalizing the church, and you're the only thinker at the table, Right. Let me tell you this. I believe that when you find faithful men, you're going to find faithful women, too. We shouldn't want to lead a church without having faithful women there either. Right. We, we shouldn't want to. Right. But 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 what, I, what I'm getting at, y'all. Right. Is that we want to produce that content, we want to develop a stage and a platform where African-American leaders, right, can begin to have content of their own to grow. Like, like we ain't got to wait on Zondervan and anybody else to publish our stuff. Like, y'all, like, like this is not um, uh, I, I'm black and I'm proud rally. What this is, though, is an opportunity for you to understand that your gifts are needed in the body and the Lord is stirring your gifts. Let's help one another do it. Like, we don't have to step on one another's head to see the city changed by the gospel, right? Right? Be it through, y'all, be it through these quarterly gatherings, be it through our podcast or any other platform that we begin to utilize, right? We want to, we want to, we want Jesus to be glorified in these shifting times, and we want you to be developed in these times as well. Right? We desire to see pastors and leaders specifically within the urban inner city core Um, We want to see you learn, love, and live faithfully. Like, and if you have any thoughts or any ideas as to how we can do that, like, I would love to take you to lunch, right? Let me tell y'all, just like, like shameless plug, right? My office, I got a new office. Freddie G's Chicken and Waffles on Salisbury. If you ain't been there with me, you should probably call me. Right? That's that's my spot, right? Black-owned restaurant in the inner city, right? I love it. I'm living on mission in there, right? With chicken and waffles. Hallelujah. Right? But but the thing is, y'all, is that, like, like, if you have any ideas as to how we can do that, like, I want to meet with you. Like, I want to talk to you. If you know, right, somebody else who's called to the Urban Inner City core and ain't leaving no matter what, like, we want to meet with them. We want to talk to them. We want to see what we can do to put our minds together, right, to see the Urban Inner City core cared for. Right? Am, Am I saying we perfect? No. Am I saying that we're going to make mistakes? Yeah. Kempton, we've been wrong before. We're going to be wrong again, right? But what we do want to see is God glorified in an area that feels uncurred for and overlooked, right? So, so while this pandemic is going on, y'all, what, 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 what we did was, right, we had a conversation, and we wanted to have a panel tonight. We wanted to have a panel to, to begin to start this conversation, right, about, about what it looks like um, to be faithful right, in the midst of everything that's going on, faithful in this shift, right, um, some amazing men, right, and I'm going to call their name, and they'll come up, y'all, help me celebrate God for my friend, my brother, my guy, Pastor Robert Lloyd from New Perfect Peace, right, come on, brother, as I call y'all, y'all can take a, take a seat, and we got y'all on mics, y'all social distance and all that good stuff, my brother, all right, we got, so, so that's Pastor Robert Lloyd from New Perfect Peace, Right, we have my brother, my friend, Pastor James Jefferson, pastor of North County Christian Church. Right, let's celebrate God for him. Community Church. Right, it's the seeds, man. It's the seeds. So we celebrating God for him, right? But we but we wanted to mix it up a little bit, y'all. We wanted pastors up here, but we wanted some we wanted some faithful men, some faithful everyday men. Right, we didn't just want the bishops up here, right? But we, want, we wanted some of our prayers, man. Help me celebrate God for one of my best friends, Mike Williams, right? Faithful man, right? Member here at, member at Faith Community Bible Church. Thankful for him, right? He, he, he wear basketball like he can hoop. He can't beat me, but whatever, <laughs> right? Whatever. Uh, so, so thankful for him, right? We got my guy, Matt Bryant, right? Matt Bryant <laughs> serves as a deacon at Church of the Redeemer, in South City, right, and then we got the East Side Man, Zach Chike, right. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. City of Joy Fellowship. So, y'all, um, we do we do have a few questions, y'all, that I'm gonna ask, brothers. Let me have y'all to test y'all mics real quick, real quick, y'all. We recording for our podcast tonight.
1: Testing,
2: Testing. one, two. One, two. Yep.
1: Testing. you. Check, testing.
0: Check Those of y'all who have wirelesses, check the bottom, make sure they on.
3: It's on now. All
0: right. Pastor Jay, you good? Yeah, we're good. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So shameless plug, right? If you have not checked out the Faithful check. Men podcast, right, you want to check that out on Spotify. We on Google Play. Um, Spotify, Google Play and Apple Podcast, right? You check that out, right? So far, um, we've had, we have got three episodes. We're currently having conversations with different people about mental health in the inner city. So you may wanna check that out. The last one was with, uh, with, with a counselor named Don Jones and that mug set me ablaze, right? So, so make sure y'all check that out. So again, y'all, we have some questions, y'all, that we will walk through um, tonight. But if y'all have questions that you guys would like to ask, Y'all can text those to me at 314-972-3357 and I would love to to ask these guys your questions, right? Um, Before we get into the deeper questions, right, what I would, uh, are you good? What what, what I would love for you to do, like, just go down, right, and, and just tell us one thing about you, right, that you just love, that you really want us, that you really want us to know. Right, so Zach, starting with you, and we're gonna go down. One thing, Zach, that you want us to know about you.
2: Hi, right, my name's Zach Chike, like he said, and I would say, I love East St. Louis. It's my home, yeah. that's, all, that's all I want you to know about
0: <laughs> Now Now, I'm gonna tell you, if you follow him on Instagram, or Facebook, and all that, you know him and his wife, Jennifer, they, they East Side proud, right? And, and I, man, that's, that's encouraging to see. Yeah, yeah
1: go ahead Mike I'm
3: Michael Williams and uh, I love family yeah and that's what I'm about family yeah so good doctor yeah. I'll, I'll ditto Mike um, I've been married to be 22 years in August Amen. I have three children and uh, I'm very fond of my family as well and I have I come from a large family so yeah. a lot of siblings Amen.
4: I'm Jay Jefferson and
5: I'm, I, I echo the same I'm faithful to my wife and my kids I'm Matt Bryant and I finally met my bride and been married a year and six months Amen.
3: All right.
0: Amen. Amen. so y'all I wanted to do that just so you guys can really see just how diverse this panel is like these, these guys are from different walks of life right all have different experiences and they have a lot to add to the conversation so my first question, Y'all, and, and, and y'all can jump in as, as, as you lead, right? Uh, my first question that I have is really that um, this COVID-19 pandemic, y'all, has really changed lots of things for us. Ministry, family, work, right? What, what, are, what, what, what are some ways that you have found that helps you remain faithful in all of this? Everything that's been placed in your hands in the middle of a pandemic, what are some ways that you, s- some rhythms that you've picked up? That have helped you remain faithful in this season. We should have put on the Jeopardy thing. <laughs> yeah.
4: You mean faithful in general, or just,
0: just in general? Yeah, just just across the board. Like because because really, like with everything that's been going on, it's been easy to fall off. Like not only is it easy to fall off, but it's easy to fall off and nobody sees it. Right
4: but but how how have you i I agree with that statement, but I also think that if you are um, if you're really looking at what 's going on, it is easy to fall off, but it 's also easy to lock in, yeah because the pandemic did one thing did one did two things it either pushed you away yeah. or it 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 drew you in. Yeah. I heard so many people talk about um when the pandemic hit and all the kids were at school, it's like the, kid, the parents were like, that was driving me crazy, right? And I, I didn't, this new math and all this craziness or whatever, and I still don't understand the math part, right, because you got to take this number and regroup it and then take that number and regroup it. I was like, two plus two is four. Why are we regrouping stuff, right? <laughs> but, so it, it did one of two things. Either it pushed you away, it made you frustrated, and it pushed you away, or it made you see, I got some shortcomings, I got some things I got to work on, and it made you lock in with God and say, okay, God, I need you to give me the strength that I need. Because in our weakness is his strength made perfect. And so if, yeah. if I saw my weakness, I then said, okay, God, I, I see my frustration, I see my weakness, I need your help. And so for, so for me, the, the, the thing that helped me to stay faithful was I embraced the weakness. I embraced the situation, yeah. and it caused me to drive
5: closer to God. Yeah, I would echo that. Um, the beginning of the pandemic, I was reading through the book of Psalms and came to Psalm 46, verse 10, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. And for me, that's hard to do because I'm constantly moving. And then when things hit with a pandemic and we're freshly married and you got kids, wife, family, responsibilities, the first thing you can think about in the morning is like, What do I have to get done? How do I survive? And I read that first thing in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, and it hit me. I was like, I have not been being still with the Lord and knowing that he is God. Wow. And I was like, no wonder I've been wrestling with anxiety and depression. Good, good,
0: so, so, so I'm going to so press in a little bit on that, B, because so, you, you, so you, just, you just like start speaking my language right there. So my, my life verse at the beginning of this pandemic, was be still and know I'm God. Mm-hmm. And I found out, like in my own life, that I was not being still, right? I made, a, I made an idol of busyness, mm-hmm. right? And I felt, like, I felt like busyness equated effectiveness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but really, if you're moving around all the time, you're effective at nothing. Mm-hmm. Because nothing, like you're not focused on anything, right? Yeah. So, so talk a little bit about like being still like, like, what, like, how did that hit you, just being still? How did you learn that, right? How did you learn how to be still?
5: Man, that's a great question. I'm still practicing. I ain't going to lie to you. But uh, I think it's making a practice of whenever we're spending time with God, whether in word or in prayer, it's yes. taking time to actually listen yeah. to what the word is saying. Because mm. we can read and we, we love the word and we can write down all the notes. Man, that's good. I can't wait to share that with somebody. How is that word hitting you? More particularly, who is God in that passage? Mm -hmm. If we know who God is, then we respond to him as God, not trying to take his words and push him on other people. We need God first as faithful men. And so as we wrestle with that, as we grow in abiding, it means slowing down, being still and asking God, who are you in this? Mm. Uh, There's a practice I put into place because I learned from a book I read that I would spend five minutes in the morning praying and then just being quiet. That's good. That's good.
0: Anybody else? Like we're t- talking really about faithfulness. How,
3: how, how did you remain faithful? You know, when I, when I think about this question as it relates to the pandemic, it's so multifaceted for me, as I'm sure it is for many of you because we have so many roles. You know, I'm, st- I'm a father. I have a daughter who's still in elementary school. So my role as it relates to her is quite different for my daughter who's in college, and then being a husband, and then being bivocational. So I work in a skilled setting, in a nursing home, for a more, uh, if you will, a more um, uh, normal turn. Uh, and I saw a lot of death, a lot of patients who I knew. And, uh, and there would give you one example, there was one lady who was, was out uh, in, in, the, in, in the community, of our facility walking around, went back to her room. We didn't know she had COVID. She died. They found her laying across her bed. This is someone who could come up and talk to you, you know? And so we saw a lot of death. And then you see where, you know, I don't know about you all, but I've been in church now for 30 years, and I'm used to fellowship. You know, I'm used to hugging on people, talking to people. What's up, bro? You know, shaking hands. Well, we couldn't do that anymore. So that's a whole nother dynamic. that you add to it. So I guess I'm saying uh, being faithful is so multifaceted. So what I, one of the things I started doing was I uh, first, I I started doing stuff on Facebook, which is something I really didn't do before that, doing live Bible studies. And I had to find myself committing to uh, preaching and to my personal study. So one thing I started doing was preaching through Psalms but reading through the bible so i had something for sermon prep and then something for myself because i need that yeah. you know I, I don't know about anybody else i mean i you know i'm so broken that that i i need that constant thriving um, striving for a connection you know so when, when, when you speak of being faithful, my wife always asks me. You know, yeah, I'm sure you guys who are married know this: that when your wife asks a question, it's not because she's looking for an answer; she thinks she knows the answer. <laughs> 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 she just wants to see if you know the answer. <laughs> so she would ask me, "What you gonna do?" You know, and I would always say, "I'm just gonna be faithful." That's good. I mean, I'm just gonna stick to it. You know, and, and that looks different for everybody, don't it? Yeah. You know. So good. You got something, Mike?
1: I mean, for me, being faithful through all this is is really focusing on being content in who God is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um recognizing that Mm -hmm. you can't allow all the things that happen in the world to affect your relationship with Him and His people. You you just can't Fall apart. You 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 have to recognize all the things that you have learned and been taught and preached about how faithful God is through everything. So for me, you know, trying to find that contentment spirit that Paul has uh, in everything. You know, whether I'm without things, whether I'm in a plentiful state, whatever that position is, just being able to celebrate God for that. And just thinking about the song that we just sung, you know, he's, he's right here with us. Mm-hmm. He has our back, regardless. Mm-hmm. We can depend on him. Mm-hmm. And to live your life in, in, in that dependency is everything. And I mean, just think about, you know, for you to, you to have children. You know, taking care and holding your infant child. You know, the support that you give that child they really don't know it at that point in time but you're still supporting them and that's how God is with us you know through this pandemic we're supported completely you know regardless if you have the fear of death or the fear of, of not being able to hug a neck or whatever you whatever the situation may be god has us he's he's holding us you know so that's one way that has helped me be faithful, and to continue to read his word, to continue to pray, to continue to find other rhythms on how to share the gospel and how to disciple other men. Um, that'll be you know, where I'm at. That's
0: good. That's good. So, just, so again, y'all, I, we'll take some questions from you guys. You can text them to me, 314-972-3357, and I will gladly shoot those questions. Um. Y'all, one of the biggest things that we've seen really come out of this pandemic is how the church has overlooked the subject of mental health. Like, like we've overlooked it. Like one of the things that, that, that I've been seeing is that how people, like, like congregants in the church, get to a place to where it's like they wrestle with their mental health. And f- either the church got folks feeling like they are crazy or you ain't trusting God enough. Like all these other things, right? So mental health has been overlooked. And due to that, families, marriages, or even relationships are being stretched. So my question to you guys, like, number one, is that something that you guys have seen? Um, If so, what are some ways that you think, right, that we we can begin to address that? Even as men in this room, even thinking about our own mental health, right? Because there's this stigma. Specifically among African American men, I ain't going to counseling, I ain't going to therapy. Like, and, and we find ourselves afraid to go. Why? I don't know. Right? You know. But 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 how? But have you seen that? What What are some ways you think we can address it? How would you encourage us to process and even think through that?
3: One thing I would I would say is, I think sometimes the church tries to take on too much. Mm. For example, I mean. Good. I think we view mental health differently from physical disabilities, mm-hmm. that we frown upon them. And so people tend to not even want you to be involved in their mental health issues yes. until they explode. Um, me working in healthcare, and one thing I often try to say is you know, we have compassion for people when they have strokes, uh, when, they, when they fracture an arm. We have treatment protocols for that. But if someone has depression, or if someone is bipolar, we say they're crazy. We say you know, something's wrong with them, instead of having compassion. Um, so I, I think sometimes we shouldn't be ashamed to say, you know, maybe you need to get some mental health. W- why should I become the psychologist and psychiatrist when perhaps maybe I need to refer them to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? I'm not saying that we don't have a responsibility. I am saying sometimes we need to know our limitations. Because if someone came in a fractured arm, I would say to them, "Well, you need to go see an orthopedic doctor." Right. You know, as opposed to me saying, "Well, I've got to fix that." You know, we've got to fix everything. I think the church's primary function should be to preach the gospel and to disciple people. Uh, but for us to take on mental health issues, I'm not saying we shouldn't be concerned about those, but I think we do need to respect other disciplines. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, that's that's my.
1: I, I would agree with that. But I would also say, you know, it is a good thing for the church to acknowledge it, that it exists. Yeah, you know, when you, yeah, when you come up in some of these circles where the result of the problem of mental health is, is related to sin, you know, in some of these circles, opposed to, you know, sending someone to get some help for some, from a ser- serious situation so i think that's important mm-hmm. for the church to acknowledge and i'm not just putting a plug for our church but you know what it, you it, it for
5: your church, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but you know when we went through that that uh um, those five weeks of mental health it, it was very helpful uh especially for my wife who uh lost her mom and, and her her father uh, within four months of each other mm-hmm. so to be at a church that would uh you know come alongside and 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 point out those things opposed to a church that would just basically say well you need to just fall in your bible and you need to continue to pray and you need to you know that's a very big difference so um i think the church should definitely acknowledge it and and you know point people out to where they can get that kind of help
0: So, so, in that same vein, this is, this is more for the seasoned pastors at the table. Um, they looking at each other like, who are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so I agree, I agree with you, Pastor Lloyd, in that like the church tries to take on too much, right? Like the church needs to learn to be the church, right? Um, but there's this line that as pastors, or even as leaders, or even as disciplers, right? Zach, I see you even all the time, discipling other dudes and pulling folks aside. So, so I mean, this is a question for everybody, right? Even as we think through that mental health idea, we have to know when we've reached that line that we can't take them no further. And we need to recommend somebody else, recommend them going deeper, knowing our own limitations, right? What does that line look like? Right, because many of us here, Like, I'm sure we've had conversations with somebody where we should have just said, you know what? We should refer you to Crossroads or we should refer you to Legacy or somewhere like that, right? Where is that line? How how do we recognize that line?
4: Well, I I think the line starts with being realistic. Yes. Um, Absolutely, Jesus can fix everything. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Jesus can heal. Absolutely, he'll work a miracle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the same time, God has also placed a call on doctors. Yeah, Amen. And so we have to respect their call, just like we want them to respect our call. Mm-hmm. And when we get somebody and we sit down with them and they begin to talk with us, when, once we recognize that when, while we're trying to apply scripture to their situation, once we recognize that they have the inability to take the scripture, understand it, and then apply it, we then have to sit back and make an assessment and say, "Okay, maybe they need to be brought into a place where they can understand. Mm -hmm. So when I was in Wellston, when we had a ministry in Wellston, there was a young lady that came in. And she would come to church every single Sunday. And the music was going. And she'd be up here like this. And she'd be in the music, whatever. But she was high and lifted up. (laughs) <laughs> all right <laughs> right and, and she was all I mean she was all into the service and everything but she wasn't comprehending the word it wasn't filtering in because she was in another place the, the drugs had her in another place one Sunday uh, uh, who I forgot who preached that Sunday and God led me to get off the piano I walked down the center aisle while she was walking out and I, and, I, and I told her one thing that God told me to tell her, and that was that God values you. When nobody else, now that had nothing to do with drugs, right, but it's just that God values you. God sees you in a way that you don't even see yourself. She said she took that, and that was the first time that anybody had ever said, you have value. She walked out that door, went to a rehab facility for 30 days, and when she came back, she heard the gospel like she never heard it before, and she received him. We have to know and understand. It's like arguing with a drunk.
3: Mm.
4: Why, are you gonna, why are you trying to minister to a person who's drunk? They are not in their right mind to understand or to comprehend. And yeah, I believe God can fight through all of that stuff, but we have to use we have to be realistic. Right. So and so I think that's where it starts. I think we have to understand where everything starts and stops. And once we know that, I refer, because where we are now, when somebody came into my office just the other day and we had a talk and they had a breakthrough and all of that was well, I still referred them to a doctor. And I said, when you're done there, come and see me. And then we ended up with this thing where they go and see them first on Wednesday and then they come into my office and it's been great. But I got to be realistic and know where where I stop and somebody else picks up. Yeah. So good.
2: Go ahead, Zach that I had was when I when I think about mental health I think about how just as a community we can either suppress it and act like it's not there because of fear of what somebody might say you know I remember growing up and when I would feel of any sign or hint of depression I would kind of just withdraw and just try to hide those emotions and even the thought of going to a counselor that wasn't even a reality yeah I mean I remember when I thought of Counselors, I didn't hear counselors. I heard shrink. You know what I'm saying? Like, even that word was just like, I'm not that bad. Yeah, you know, right. yeah, I don't want to, I'm not, because that would, that would equate to me being worth nothing. That's how I saw it as, it, as opposed to it being something normal that everybody experiences in this broken world. And I think we need to start normalizing, like you were saying, brother, like, the reality of this fallen world is that we're going to experience the brokenness of it and therefore we might experience some depression, some despair, we might be traumatized by something. Mm. We need to assume that all of us have felt some of the effects of that fall. And I think we need to normalize That's it. Wrong. But That's in so this, yeah. in, in in our, even in the church, I feel like we can, we kind of fell into the culture of act like you have it all together, yes. or just have this rough exterior, or just kind of like, I, I, I'm cool, don't worry about it, I'm, I'm good, I'm, right. I'm, I'm good, you know? And I think we gotta get rid of that because it's just, nobody is really good. Like just without Jesus and without acknowledging I'm not good, I, I, I need Jesus to fill me up and here's my things that I wanna give over to him to help restore me. So I would just say we need to change that culture because I think sometimes we can, we can get along with society in the sense of I got it all together or nothing's wrong with me, I'm straight. Can I?
3: Can I say something Uh, I have not said publicly? Okay, This will be the first time I've said this publicly. On January 4th, I I have a rental property that one of my nephews lived in. And we are 24 days apart. His mother, who was my oldest sister, and my mother were pregnant at the same time. So we grew up like twins, like brothers. We've just been really close. And he rented my property from me. And over the weekend, someone knocked my mailbox down. So he, was, he called me at about 11.15, 11, 11. Uh, January 4th, and said, hey, I'm going out to the mailbox. Uh, I'm going to prop it up until you can get it fixed. And I said, OK, and we talked, and we always in our conversation with, love you. He said, love you too. Hour later, I got a phone call from the tenant next door. He called me crying. He said, Robert, there's been a bad accident. My nephew was hit in front of my house, doing me a favor and was killed, and that crushed me. That crushed me. I mean, it hurt me to my heart. Elder in our church, we had lost an elder two years ago, and I I was crushed. I mean, I was crushed. And I was carrying guilt that I hadn't told anybody about, because I felt like, man, if I would have fixed that mailbox, he wouldn't have been out there. And I had to go see a counselor. So, uh, and, And I'll never forget, this is why I think people have their discipline. I'm an occupational therapist. I'm not a a counselor in that sense. But one thing my counselor asked me, she asked me one question, and it lifted me higher than I could have ever done for myself. She said, Robert, if your nephew was sitting in front of you, what would he say to you? What would he say to you? And I needed to hear that. I needed that question. And I'm just saying, you know, sometimes the line is there, and it's hard for us to know because we're always in help mode. And it's hard for me to know that line. Sometimes I might need Mike to say, Robert, you need to slow down. You know, sometimes we have those come to Jesus moments. Yeah. You know, we need somebody to tell us because sometimes we just plumb miss it. But there are times as a pastor, I need counseling. I need somebody to sit down and tell me, man, you tripping. You know? <laughs> you know? So, anyway, I just Good. want to share that with you, brother. Sometimes I just, man, we all need it.
4: I just want to add this real, real, real quick. Mm-hmm. I think we, um, as pastors, preachers, teachers, we, we, we run past this, but um, Elijah, David, Paul, all of them had depression. Right. Right. And if we, if, we, if we don't recognize that and say that, then the people will think what my brother said is that, it's just, you know, that that's not supposed to happen to me because I'm a Christian. And we think because I gave my life to Christ that all my cares have gone away. Right. And that's not the case. But if we preach and teach the Bible as it really is, we'll find out that there were brothers in there were people in throughout all the all throughout scripture that suffered through all kinds of mental illnesses and and depression and so forth and so on. And we're not that far from that. we got to read and find out what God did for them and say, Okay, what is it that needs to happen for me? But at the same time, like my brother here, I've been to counseling. Right. Mm -hmm. And and. I, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not afraid to admit that or talk about it because I think it's, it needs to happen.
3: Yeah.
4: I think yeah. most of the people in here need to go to counseling. Yeah. <laughs> <The cycle laughs>
3: then
4: nobody, yeah. then nobody yeah. laugh on that?
2: And it, <laughs> it's a form of, for no, that's for sure. If for if sure. I if I can add to what you were saying it's just, you know, how they say, um, you know, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I think it's on the flip side, you know, healed people can help heal people in a sense of yeah. I can point you to the source or the ways that the Lord worked in me Facts. and that's through counseling, that's through vulnerability, that's through transparency, that's through reaching out, having those group of men that you can go to. Like yeah. it's that fellowship. You have to have people that you can, that they can see all of you. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't hold back. And I think that's the problem. I think growing up most of my life, I didn't have somebody I can be 100%. Everything is on the table, ugly. You see it all. Yeah, but I think in Christ, we're able to open up with each other. And I that's think good. that's what that, that's what really has introduced me to this uh, therapeutic kind of allowing God to restore me like the whole me. That's good. And that's so good. Uh, the point is healed people. When we work on ourselves getting counseling, when we have pastors who are getting counseling and processing through their own junk, just like they, we all have, like you said, all, everybody in the Bible, nobody is, is kind of exempt from that. Mm-hmm. When we deal with our stuff, when pastors deal with their stuff, when they see somebody in the congregation or somebody just in the neighborhood that comes up to them, we're going to understand from our own healing yeah. what's mm-hmm. possible with that individual and we're able to resonate and relate with them. So,
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, w- one of the things Right, Zach, that you made me think about when you was talking about the church and ignoring it is how we have a skewed view of the gospel in that we see the gospel as something that we need at the moment of salvation but as an everyday practical application in our life we don't see the gospel as that right because many times like me I grew up in a church where the gospel right was 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 into the last two to three minutes of the sermon, but early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. I feel my help coming, right? And, 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 and I'm not by any stretch of imagination saying that, like, I didn't have discipleship at my church. It just looked different. Can, can, I, can, can I just say that, though? Like, because there's this misnomer that discipleship didn't happen in African-American churches in the city. That's right. incorrect. Right. It just looks different. Right, um, so, but, but, I, but I, I can tell you, I don't, remember talk, I don't remember hearing the importance of being faithful. Like, I don't remember, you know, being talked about my mental health and all of that. So, so when Tracy married me 16 years ago, she didn't marry a man, she married a little boy. Right. Like I had to grow up to be the man that she wanted me to be. Right. Or that God wanted me to be for her. Right. So and, and it meant for me, like one of the biggest helps for me is understanding that there are practical implications to the gospel. The gospel doesn't only affect my thoughts, but it affects the, the condition of my heart and the position of my heart. Right. So so just thinking even through all that, like mental health, faithfulness, it all begins ends, all through it is saturated with the gospel. Two questions. First question. How much do you guys uh, how much do you guys believe that the bombardment of social media and a divided news source is negatively impacting the health, the mental health of God's people? That's, like, that's, like, that's, 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 that, that, like, like, so, yeah, I ain't on the panel. I'm just asking the question. Y'all go ahead, because I was about to answer the question. Go ahead. Matt, go ahead. You just looked like you had a bright idea. No, nah, man, I was
5: scratching my head. I was waiting for one of these uh, passes. Speaking of lie. like, uh. um, Yes, 100%. 100%. And it's gotten only worse that we've been isolated because of a pandemic.
3: Mm.
5: Well, actually, no, we have not become isolated. We've become bubbleized on social media and in our news sources with people that just agree with us. Mm-hmm. And so when we share those on our social media, people on the other side feel attacked. Yeah. And then we, all we have is ourselves to kind of process and isolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're isolated and think with those things, right? Mm-hmm. And So that's why like, being back in community, I think, is a big part of, of that health, particularly in community with people that don't necessarily think like you do. We need that mm-hmm. because if we become isolated in our thoughts, that creates more mental and emotional strain on us. Mm. So much so, we think that if we have people that think exactly like us, it'll make us healthier. That's not necessarily true. Yeah, we need people that think differently. Str- strong in the gospel, have the exact same Savior, have the exact same mission, which is to share the gospel with the world, but may have a different approach. Yes. Yeah a different thinking process. Yeah. We need yeah. that. Let's yeah. be real, my, my wife is a counselor. We think nothing alike. We have different approaches to the whole thing, but she's made me stronger. She yeah. made me stronger. So good. We need so that. Good.
3: Absolutely. So good.
0: You, you know, know uh, I'm gonna tell y'all, y'all know social media is all algorithms. Yes. It's all algorithms. So what you talk about the most is what they show you the most. So you find yourself connected to people who think like you. They, that's called an echo chamber. Right? All you hear is your voice over and over and over and over again. Right? Um, Here's another question. You're you, you, you having a conversation with a friend. Uh, this is the time, This is the first time I really start going to therapy. How do I continue to walk through my healing without worrying about the idea of folks and family calling me crazy or them being mad because I never told them what I was dealing with? You're having a conversation with a friend, and they say, they say to you, this is my first time, right? How, how do I walk through this without, without feeling like I'm crazy or, or dealing with folks telling me I'm crazy because I'm doing it?
5: Got something to that? Okay. Go ahead, Doc. Ain't no, 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 <laughs> no, no, bro. <laughs> the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Yeah. We focus a lot on the heart and the soul, but not on the mind. If you are in counseling because you want to become healthier so you can love the Lord and then love your neighbor better, your family, your friends, whoever may be coming at you is going to feel the effects of that love as you're seeking that healing. Mm. And by God's grace, mercy, and power upon their life, they're going to say, wait a minute, no, maybe something I have to look into my own self. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. Let's start with Jesus, especially if they don't know Jesus.
1: I would agree with that, but I would also say, you know, sometimes the the battle that the person is having is within themselves and not actually the family members that are, you know, supposedly communicating. Is like uh, my older daughter um, had found out that she was pregnant out of wedlock, and we had a family function (coughs) on Thanksgiving, matter of fact, and she came in and uh, she didn't speak to anyone. Later on that night, she got up and said, you know, no, nobody wanted to speak to me, I'm, I'm just gonna leave, out of the blue. Mm-hmm. But it was her guilt that was causing her to respond that way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times is what we have put in our mind, uh, these algorithms like you stated, that cause us to think that my family may be looking at this situation that way. So one way to communicate that is, is this your friend, your family member, or is this you? You know. That's good that's, good, that's good. That's
0: very
4: Pastor good. Jay, go ahead. I, no, I'm amen to both of them. Oh, amen. Yeah. What you
2: about to say something Yeah, on. I was gonna say, along those same lines, is that it's usually a battle that's going on inside of you, and I think we need to push each other, as I'd want to push myself, to, to find peace with the Lord in my situation and realizing that I'm going to counseling to use it as a grace in my life to help reveal something that's gonna transform me. And I believe in the power of counseling in, in me doing some soul work and learning my narrative and, and fleshing through some of these things that are you know going on in my life. And that on the back end, when I'm coming out of this, I'm gonna be a better person. The Lord's gonna make me More whole than I was before, and so I I think there needs to be a peace in the individual because then no matter what, if your family is upset or you know making you feel a certain way, if you have peace in your heart and you know the meaning and the why behind why you're doing what you're doing, I think there's a way to, you know, navigate that relationship without feeling like you got to burn bridges or, you know, Uh, so good. I would I would offer
3: some advice to the person and say that if, if you had a physical issue, you would. I couldn't imagine you saying, well, I'm not going to take my medicine because they're going to tease me if I don't take my medications. I, I would imagine that you're going to say, I don't care what you think. <laughs> I'm taking my medication for my own physical health. I would encourage you to treat your mental health the same way. If it's going to benefit you, you take it. And here's why. Because the people who really care about you, one, they want to see you healthy. And then the other thing is you'll be able to function in your role like if you're a father for your children, for your wife if you are married. If you work on a job, it's going to help you to be more focused. So the people who matter most, and then think about this, God will be most glorified out of you for you taking your medication. So all parties who are involved in your life, who play an active part in your life, will benefit from a healthier you. So I would advise you that if you think this is something that you need for your own health, that you do that. And and don't expect ever that when you do the right thing, everybody's going to clap for you. Look at our hero, Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't expect that everybody's going to be supportive but for the ones who matter most, I guarantee you they will be
0: supported. Thank you for listening to the Faithful Men Podcast. If this podcast was beneficial to you, go ahead and subscribe on all of our socials at Faithful Men STA. Please share this with others that they may learn and benefit from this content as well. And remember, it's our desire to produce godly content that will encourage all of our listeners to learn, love, and live faithfully. God bless.